0: Uh, greetings and salutations, everybody in the world of the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top Twenty. Today is August tenth, two thousand and twenty-three. I'm trying yet another setting on this camera here, so if you watch this, uh, if you're watching now, uh, be aware that we have absolutely no idea if it's going to work or not, or what the quality is going to be like. Um, doing my best, here, people. Doing my best to deliver a quality product, which is very difficult considering. We don't even start out with a quality product, so we're really trying to do the Lord's work here. Maybe a little of uh, some Harry Potter magic as well. Um, yeah. Oh, getting that delay back. But you guys don't hear the delay, right? We went through that last time, so what I'm going to do is just ignore the sound in my head. As per usual. Um well, what's really disturbing about me today? is Or no, that's that's really disturbing about me all the time. What's disturbing me, not about me, but what's disturbing me today is that the new uh, AI filter or software that I'm using for the recording of the top twenty is blurring out the background, which is popping me out in front, which I don't like. Which I have said for about 15 years now. I thought it was ironic for the lead singer of a rock band to absolutely never want to be out in front of anything, including a blurry background. This is also supposed to like move with me if I decide to move, but it does not seem to be doing that. Once again, the AI is smarter than the host. Let's just carry on, shall we? Walked to a rough start today already. Uh, but let's. Um, is this it. Yeah. Let's start with a little light housekeeping, of course. Um, last week, uh, or sorry, right now, there's a brand new top twenty episode out on Strangerhood TV. I have been slacking again in responding to comments. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I had a really uh, heavy hour week uh, last week. As you can imagine, trying to head into the show uh, and it's been rough uh, trying to play catch up this week. We're going to talk about the show a little bit, probably in the top 20, or if not, it'll be in the rest of the rest of the lunchbox. But that is projected um, by AI is referring to the problems I was having last week, or not the problems necessarily, but like it just wasn't wasn't doing what I expected last week. I think I figured that part out, but um. The video is just kind of about like, uh, or the top 20 is about like why I kind of like to work with the same bands over and over again, yada yada yada. Uh, so, check that out um, on other stuff on Stranger Hit TV. Bacon's My Podcast. That's a new full interview from Monday with Beer City Bruiser. Uh, and also, discussions and drinks from yesterday is how Jimmy and Mike's show went. That was also the show that I was on, so we'll. Uh, check in with that, um, and uh, warm-up strategies, the Barbie movie, and stuff like that. So feel free to check that out. I was watching the discussions and drinks from last week when they were talking about problems building a show. I did not get to finish it yet. I was actually kind of hoping this week's discussions and drinks would be a topic I'm not super interested in, like, you know, like wrestling or, you know, hot sauce or whatever. Uh, Not that. It's a bad episode, it's just I'm less interested in that kind of stuff, but I am interested to see what their takeaway from the show was, kind of in a stream of consciousness sort of thought, because I certainly have mine, and we definitely had a fair amount of things that were going on behind the scenes that maybe the casual uh, listener or viewer or participant would know about, so I'm curious to see what their takeaway on it was, so I'll be watching that either later today or tomorrow. Uh, And then I may or may not comment on it. I know when I was watching last week's, um, I had so much to say and I just couldn't, you know, like I'm not going to type all of it. Also, a lot of it's like kind of inside baseball information that I would probably just share with those guys. I was actually a little surprised at how little information I guess I did share with them. I thought, I, you know, I'm usually pretty... I'm usually pretty, like, wide open with that kind of stuff. No phrasing. I'm usually pretty wide open with that kind of stuff with the bands that I'm working with, especially with my partner bands that I'm working with, because it's important, I think, uh, for not necessarily transparency, but, I mean, because, I mean, you can ask me whatever, and it's fine, but more for the flow of the show to try and get things accomplished because one of the other things and I don't even remember if I mentioned it last week, one of the reasons I do like working with the same band so much is that we're we're all working on something together. Like it was it was funny, um I was talking or funny not haha, but like funny typical. Like when I was talking to the sound guy, kind of advancing the show and then again day of show, like we're kind of going through, you know, changeovers and who's using what and all that other stuff, I was explaining that, you know, Skate Park and Pathmaker, basically sharing some gear, and then from then on out it's kind of all the same setup, and it actually works out really well, because Craving and us literally have the same kind of setup, like you don't even have to move cables and stuff, and Something Heavy is pretty close, but but Craving is exactly the same you know, like, Jimmy in the middle you put Monty on the right, you put Frank on the left and Chris in the back, like, everybody's in the same position, so it's guitar, guitar, bass drums, you know, vocals up front everybody sings up front, like, it's it could not be an easier setup for a sound guy for, um... For Rebel Nine and Craven Street to play back-to-back, like, literally just plug-and-play. you got a brand new, you know, a whole different band, but it's the same setup, so. Um, but I was talking to him about, I was just sort of saying that it's one of the reasons I, I like doing this kind of stuff, because, like, not only does everybody work together, but, like, it's also not uncommon for bands, when we're working together, to, like, help with gear, like, you know, um... Uh, like it's it's like when something heavy was coming off it's not uncommon for me to bring something up on stage and then carry something of theirs off because I'm going that direction anyway uh, so that's the kind of stuff I like but I was talking to the sound guy about it about how it just makes things so much easier because we're actually all working towards the same goal so um, I forget why I started saying that but that's that's also not unusual around here I'm sure <laughs> Um, but like I said, I do want to hear what their their takeaway was about that, uh, because I actually thought it was a pretty good show. In fact, one of the things that I liked about it, and it's actually one of the things I kind of struggle about when I'm struggle with when I'm trying to build a show, because one of the things I liked about it was the feedback I was hearing from just like the kind of I want to say like the regular fans, but I don't mean it like just regular fans. I mean like regular people that regularly kind of come out. Um, they they sort of. Whenever we do something like this, they always kind of refer to how I don't want to say it's like the best show of the season cuz that's not what I'm saying. It's just it's it's like the show to go to because everybody knows to go to it and everybody knows, you know, the bands that are playing so they got a pretty good idea of like who's going to be there. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to say that without sounding like a dick because that's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm just trying to say that it's a good event. People know it's a good event. And so people are coming. And people go out of their way to come to those because it's five to seven hours of really just hanging with people that they like. And I've, I've made the reference before, and I thought it was pretty accurate back in the Evenflow days where when we set up shows like that, it's, it's really about people coming to hang out with themselves and, oh yes, there's also uh, bands performing on stage music that people generally like, but a lot of times I, I have felt secondary to the show going on in the room but, uh, as opposed to the show going on on stage, and I think that that is such a cool aspect of scene building and scene creation and you know just how that sort of thing works. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's as close as I get to stuff like Lollapalooza or like Ozfest, where it's just like you're kind of just going as a collective. Maybe the Deadheads, uh, maybe or a fish show, or even a Jimmy Buffett kind of thing. I, I don't really know because I don't really go to those things. But like, that's what it kind of feels like, where it's the event and then you know the music is kind of secondary. And so I thought I thought that was pretty cool, and I was happy because that was something that we were trying to accomplish. The problem is is that it doesn't always translate to asses and seats. And I know that I. I butt up against that logic a lot with, uh, other bands that are trying to do other shows. Like we've, you know, we've, we've been in, we've been in situations where we've been, like, Say like, asked not to play, but like, it's been explained to me that we were not asked to play because whoever's doing the show is like they want one band, one band from this group of people, and one band from this group of people, and one band from this group of people, and it's a cash grab, or sometimes it's a fan grab. Like, I had had a big argument with um, with last turn off Broadway about that very thing, uh, at one point because I thought they were doing the wrong thing. I mean, I wasn't a dick about it. Um, I was a dick about it because I didn't find out the truth till much later. I was a dick about that part. But I wasn't a dick about the logic. I understand that. Like, if you want to do fan grabs, like, do fan grabs. Like, we've done them. We do them from time to time. Um, and it's it's kind of a disingenuous term, but it's, you know, it is it is sort of what it is when you're trying to play in front of new people. I personally would rather just sort of enlarge the tent uh, anytime we play. Uh, But I will say I'm having a great deal of difficulty doing that, too. It's hard to bring in new bands that don't necessarily want to play with, you know, four bands that know each other. I don't understand that at all. I I will take that show nine times out of ten if it's offered to me. In fact, unless there's an actual conflict, I think I would take it probably every time. Um, it's it's the model I used for for new to you. It's the model I use whenever we would play away. You know, a lot of those bands would know each other, and they just slip us in the middle somewhere, and that was like glorious. I, I love doing stuff like that. So, as I try and build the Beery show, um, I'm actually I want to I want to never mind. I, I'll figure that out on my own. But like I was just thinking, like some of the bands I was reaching wanted to reach out to. Um, because I just I haven't seen them in ages so this might be the best way <laughs> might be the best way to, to see them um, so anyway so I think if, if anyone's got any comments about the show or has anything to say about it I will talk more about some of the specifics later I don't really need it to be part of the top 20 it'll just be more like kind of for your own information for, for the regulars that uh, listen to the Hard Lunchbox and were at the show like some of the behind the scenes stuff was kind of um, interesting I think but I don't know. Anyway, um, so if you have any questions or anything like that, now would be a good time to ask. You can hop up on 99wnrr.com and ask them and as soon as I'm done here, I'll go through that and I will absolutely uh, give it uh, the attention those questions deserve, I think. I can do that, right? Don't I do that sometimes? It's always yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, just because it's something that matters a good deal to me uh, on a personal level and a public level and all that other stuff. Uh, and if I did not, you know, I, I have not been speaking about soccer in the World Cup so much because I don't want to offer up any spoilers. Uh, if anybody is not up to date for at least the quarterfinals um, uh, as far uh, as the, the women's national team, now would be a good time to probably like dip out and not listen to the next five minutes of the show or um, or not uh, or fast forward if you're if you're looking at this uh, another time or listening to this live because I want to talk about the game uh, USA versus Sweden in the knockout round and the and the US women's national team uh, specifically and I want to talk just briefly a little bit about uh, socio-political nonsense that I, I think is going on and it's, this is how I deal with stuff when I'm not calling people out on social media, so sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I don't see any particular, okay, I don't see any uh, absolute vetoes from you talking about this in the chat, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. Set. Um, as you may or may not know, if you're not watching the World Cup, the women's World, FIFA Women's World Cup, if you're not watching that, the USA, the USA's women's national team is ranked number one in the world because they're the best in the world. Um, for better or for worse, going into this particular World Cup, the one that's going on in Australia and New Zealand, there have been a lot of problems with the women's national team. There's been a few retirements. There has been a lot of injury. Um, and there has been a lot of people that just did not want to participate in the World Cup. Because, for various reasons, a lot, of, a lot of it is health-based, like physical and mental, but also, like, when you're the number one team, it's like six weeks. It's six weeks of just being in Australia. Like, it's a big thing. And, yes, uh, Megan Rapino and everybody else that she worked with um, in, the, in the group to get equal pay, it's, it's fine. It is, it is really fine. Um, I think they're, they've finally gotten equal pay, so at least it pays for their time that they're going to be there, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And I'll go to the mat with anybody that disagrees with me. They're wrong. I'm, I never say. I don't usually say I'm 100% right. I'm 105% right on this one. It is a good thing, and I'm glad they did it. But it's still six weeks. Even if you were getting paid, like going away for like six weeks, is a big, it's a big ask, right? It's a, it's basically you're going to work on a location job for six weeks or eight weeks sometimes if you got to train earlier. So sometimes there are people that just cannot make the commitment. They have personal things going on. They have other obligations. Totally makes sense, right? Um So the women's national team has been having a lot of trouble because they've got a lot of new players. They've lost some players. They lost Carly Lloyd retired, which sucks. Carly Lloyd is, well, before she retired was the top goal scorer. She was she's the only American uh, goal scorer that has sco- scored more goals than Alex Morgan, who is still our uh, on our team and our striker and just a brilliant player honestly. Um, but uh, Kristen Press, Uh, is in her third ACL uh, reconstructive surgery, which actually, like, upset me because, like, she's not an old woman, you know what I mean? Like, that's a big deal and probably a career ender. And then Tobin Heath decided to sit this one out because it's a lot to be in that kind of public eye. And then uh, Sauerbrunn had an ankle injury, so she couldn't play defense, which forced Julie Ertz into defense. Uh, And if you don't know any of these players, it's fine. Just... They've added a bunch of new players, some brilliance, honestly, um, like Trinity Rodman, uh, 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 Williams, and Sophia Smith. But they're young and inexperienced, and it kind of shows. And they also did not put the team together early enough, in my opinion. They did not get to play together enough, and you could see it. While still some of the best players in the world, anybody that's ever seen a team that's kind of out of sync, or a band that's out of sync, or any group that's out of sync with like dancers or anything like that, it shows. And when you're in sync is when things are really moving along really well. You know, so like arguably I think the the, the pre World Cup I think was a little shaky. I think they were waiting for maybe Kristen Press to be able to play. Um they weren't really sure about sourball, and like those, those, those are changes. Plus, um, the main slash best players on the USA team are really starting to age out. Megan Rapinoe, who is retired, uh, she's retired now, um, was really one of the best players in the world. She's not a top goal scorer, but uh, she is what is called. Uh, a playmaker because she is so good at moving things in and around the field which is actually part of why it was so unfortunate the way that things kind of worked out <coughs> excuse me but she went in as a sub because she's 38 years old she's 38 years old she's playing against 16 and 17 year old italian and argentinas and also you have people like sophia smith he's probably like 21 or 20 too like it's a little hard to keep up man it just it just is and you can believe it or not i mean not everybody is tom brady but she's pretty close so anyway so she's doing, doing doing the job and it's and it's it's really tough but a lot of our other players are just they're starting to get a little bit older and that tends to show in the longer games they're not necessarily in peak but they're actually still the best players in the world so they're still on so there's a lot of that and they're just like you heard of teams like having rebuilding years growing years is one of those. It was just unfortunate that was during the World Cup. So what happened is the first three games during the group stage, the Americans played arguably like garbage. I don't think there's anybody on earth, including the women's national team, that would argue with me with that sentiment. It was actually so bad that during the Portugal game, Portugal game Charlotte turned to me and was like, why are they playing so badly? And I was like, I have no idea. You know, but like I read a little bit, I listened a little bit, I didn't dive too deep into it because honestly I can't handle that level of sports analysis. It's too geek for me. I just wanted to understand like why some players weren't playing, why some of the decisions were being made, that kind of stuff. So I did, uh, and, that, and that was fine. But they got out of the group stage just barely. They should have beaten uh, Portugal absolutely and didn't they should have beaten the Netherlands and didn't honestly although the Netherlands is even though they're ranked in the top 10 like towards like nine or something they're a very good team and they're also a team that we cannot seem to beat very well or very easily Uh, we played them in the finals for the last World Cup 2019 and I think we I think they were saying we went like a hundred minutes before we even scored against them. that's a big deal so I might have that statistic wrong but I do know it was very late in and I think it was the one against Netherlands. But yeah, so we should have won all those and didn't. So because of that and the way it worked out, we ended up having to play Sweden. Uh, now, Sweden is the number three team in the uh, entire world. Sweden is incredibly good. Uh, the only other team better than them is Germany. And Germany actually got knocked out in the group stage when they failed to beat Morocco, which was... Very surprising. The only thing that would have been more surprising is if the Americans didn't make it out of the group stage, because that has never happened. The American women have never not made it out of the group stage. Uh, American men, all the time. The men's national team's hot garbage. They, they, cannot, they cannot do anything. Uh, but anyway, my point is, and since I'm starting to run out of time, um, we played against Sweden. We played like the women's national team always plays, should play, and does play. They played incredibly well. They dominated the game. They dominated the F out of the game. The only reason the score wasn't 150,000 to nothing is because the Swedish goalie might be the single best keeper on the planet. I had no idea who she was beforehand. I absolutely know who she is now. She is stunningly good. Absolutely stunningly good. And the Americans really should have won that game, but they didn't. They, uh, they tied 0-0, it went into the two overtime halves, and then it went to PKs. They did their first round of PKs, and they tied 3-3. So what they do is they just sort of keep going until somebody wins. Like they, everybody gets one shot, so Sweden eventually wins this game. I'm not, I, I can't even begin to tell you how, by a millimeter, that shot went. Um, But the thing I wanted to talk about, and again, sorry, I'm running out of time. and This is running long. We had three American players miss their penalty kicks, as did Sweden. Uh, Well, I guess Sweden had two because they got the last one. Um, One of those players was Megan Rapinoe. And the likelihood of Megan Rapinoe missing a penalty kick is so low. It's about... It's probably lower than me missing a Thursday hard wreck lunch. But it happens. It really happens. It's super nervy. She's a substitute. She's not totally warmed up by the time she gets in there. We were on the Sweden side of the field. Like, I have never actually heard the American team boot so heavily like that. It was a little just kind of jarring like first of all sweets mind your manners like you're in a world class event like don't don't be like americans don't be like us like don't say anything but like, booing jesus christ what children you guys are and you guys want to be part of nato Pff, you're losing my vote with that kind of stuff you can take on the russians yourself if you think you're so bad but anyway so megan rapino misses arguably she's one of the reasons we lost the game because of that shot Arguably, she's one of the reasons we didn't, you know, we got that far because somebody could have beat her. She played tremendously for the time that she was out on the field. She probably stopped a few goals. She definitely was uh, a part of a few almost uh, like assists that were almost goals and stuff like that. So she missed the penalty kick. And the point that I'm finally trying, finally getting to, I'm trying to get to is that instead of having... The decency to basically just shut up on the sideline. Former President Donald Trump and all of the Republican dick suckers that follow him. Not that all Republicans are dick suckers. The Republican dick suckers that do follow him. Decided to trash her for it. She's not the only person that missed. But they decided to trash her for it. Uh, People hate, people on the right hate Meghan Rodney. They hate her. I think it's mainly because she would kneel for the National Anthem while Colin Kaepernick was uh, kneeling for the National Anthem. Uh, And that's apparently anti-American as opposed to killing unarmed black people, which I guess is completely American. Which is why Colin uh, Kaepernick was doing it in the first place. So she believed in that and believed in that cause and would kneel. She didn't obstruct the anthem or anything like that. She didn't do anything like that at all. She didn't make other players do it. It was her own personal choice. And I think it's a perfect use of your ability to exercise your American freedoms that apparently everybody holds so dear. I think that's why they hate her. I know for a fact they really hate her because she was fighting for, uh, she advocated for herself and her gender when she was looking for equal pay for women, to which uh, most conservatives completely shit on her, which I thought was horrible. And then she's just an LGBTQ icon. And You know how Republicans feel about that. So instead of being quiet, he decided to actually publicly slam her for missing a penalty kick. And Republicans and conservatives that I know have referred to her as a loser. As far as I'm aware, she did not miss the the goal by 7 million votes or anything. If you want to talk about what losers actually are, what losers actually look like. But I just want to point out one thing. People seem to think that people like Megan Rapino do not represent America. They do. They do specifically because they advocate for things that Americans should advocate for. Gender equality, equal pay, equal protection, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in our great country. Anyone that advocates for those things is a model American. Plus... As somebody that believes in those things wholeheartedly, Megan Rapino represents me, and I'm an American. And I assure you, I am better than most Americans that are trashing her for missing a penalty kick. That is super important to keep in mind. And finally, these women and all of our national athletes, they go and represent our country on the national stage uh, so On the international stage, the world stage, they're representing America. They are some of the best of the best in the world. They represent our country beautifully. They represent it dutifully. And because they advocate for themselves, they represent to the rest of the world that might not have such a lenient government at home. They represent to them what is possible and what should be possible. When great athletes stand up, identify a cause, and work towards a solution. Personally, I think she's a fantastic American. And because of that, I've just completely readopted my take on everything that's happening politically. And now I see so clearly that the people that hate America and Americans are those conservatives Those Republicans, those Trump Republicans, the very same ones that think President Biden isn't really our president, that the Department of Justice, our entire legal system, the American legal system is corrupt. They think that an entire half of the country are treasonous. You know, we want to overthrow something because we believe in, like, social values. We're all Americans. We're all doing things legally legally. We participated properly. We're Americans. And those Trump-loving Republican conservatives are the ones that hate us. They hate Americans. They're the ones that hate America. How messed up is that? Because that's all they've been saying for years. How much we all hate America. Nope. We love America. It's them. They hate America because they don't like what it is right now. Where people actually have gender equality. People have LGBTQ rights. People have pay equality sometimes. People used to have rights over their own body. So who hates America and Americans? Well, they seem to be supporters of our former president. And how do they show it when they don't like what's going on? Do they kneel during the national anthem? attack the Capitol. They drive cars through protesters. They threaten to shoot our president. (laughs) Those are the people that hate America. Don't forget it. Don't forget it for one second.